0: Podcast. Hey Phantom Maniacs, welcome to the Episode of the Needless Things podcast where we talk about toys, movies, music, and all manner of pop culture dorkery. I am your host, Phantom Troublemaker, and I'm going to be keeping this intro short and sweet because I have just gotten back home from seeing the new Ghostbusters movie and uh, I, I did not plan well today. Well, I did plan well because I had a great day with my family. We got up early, we went and saw Secret Life of Pets, uh, which was kind of meh. It had some funny parts, didn't love it. Uh, And then we ended up staying out the whole day instead of coming home to produce this episode of the Needless Things podcast. So now it is 10.30 at night. I have to be up at 3.30 in the morning, and I wanted to get this done for you guys. One, because I wanted it to be ready at the same time you're used to having it. And two, I'm not going to lie, because it's all about Ghostbusters. And obviously I want as much exposure for this episode throughout the day as possible. So please share this episode on the social media. Tell your friends about it it's wonderful it's me noel selena who you may know better is guella deville and mr gary mitchell from the rev cast talking about the history of ghostbusters we uh we only speculate about the new movie and i don't want to give too much away i will say this uh it's a lot of fun it has plenty of flaws but i didn't care because the cast is fantastic the movie is fun and I'm excited for more. I highly recommend it. My full review will be up at patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker this evening. So go to supportphantom.com, and if you are a contributor, you will have access to my review of the new Ghostbusters, and there's a lot to talk about with this movie, but it, but bottom line it for you guys that are loyal podcast listeners uh, who may be you know can't chip in bucks and can only do the social media sharing thing which believe me i appreciate uh just for you guys it's worth your money go see it go with a group of friends have a blast it's fun uh so moving on I really don't have much else to cover, so it's lucky that I'm able to, uh, well, I don't know that it's lucky that I need to keep this one brief, but uh, there, there just isn't much more to talk about. I've got a lot going on. I'm heading out to North Carolina next week where I am hoping maybe to find an interesting podcast subject for you guys. I, I've got a couple of things that are possibilities. We'll see, you know, how they turn out. I don't know, uh, but regardless, next week, there will still be, even though I'm kind of on vacation, uh, there will still be an episode of the Needless Things podcast, and it's all about Big Trouble in Little China. Uh, we had a viewing here in the Phantom Zone. I had a couple of people over. We talked about the movie. It's a great time, and uh, I still have to edit that one and put it together. But fortunately, I've got a whole week to do it, and I don't have to do it in the next frickin' 30 minutes like I do this one. So anyway... Thank you for listening to the show. Please go to patreon.com slash phantom troublemaker or if it's easier for you to remember, support phantom.com. And also, before we get into the topic of the show, I have to once again put over Odious Lists, the fantastic new party game that you have to use your creativity, you have to be quick thinking, and you have to be pretty dirty. If you didn't listen last time, Odious List is a game where you have uh, 24 different lists, and you get a group of people together. You roll a die that's covered in letters. You have to take that letter and come up with six different answers to prompts on these lists, and they are absolutely hilarious things, like things to avoid when trying to lose weight. When my computer got hacked, they found a bunch of blank my friend when is a slutty blank for halloween reasons that being helen keller would suck oh wow that's rough and uh, finally good songs to make sweet sweet love to and the challenge here is you'll have six prompts per list and you have to use the same letter for each of those prompts you get extra points for alliteration and you can kind of make up the rules yourself amongst your friends and have even more fun that way so odious lists it's a fantastic game. It's a whole lot of fun. Uh, if you go to needlessthingssite.com, there's a big old square that says Odious on the top right of the page. If you click on that square and buy your copy of Odious lists for your next gathering or function, then Needless Things will get a little kickback from that, and I would certainly appreciate the help because that's that's what we've got uh supportphantom.com and the big odious button on needlessthingsite.com. that's the only way i get any revenue people so go check those out uh, hang in there through a little bit of music from our pals the Mystery Men, who I will tell you now have been cooking up something new in the studio. It's going to be really exciting. I've got a little bit of an inside track on what's going on. I can't wait to hear it. But right now, here's a little bit of music from those guys, uh, which if you go to themysterymenofsurf.com you can check out their music or just Google the Mystery Men with a question mark at the end and you'll find them. Here's a little bit of their music and after that a lot of talk about Ghostbusters, toys, movies, cartoons everything enjoy all right phantom Maniacs. this one has been a long time coming i've been wanting to talk about ghostbusters on the show for a while now and I figured what better time than the week we're getting a new Ghostbusters movie and yes we will be discussing the particulars of that movie and you might be surprised at some of the opinions you hear including mine but before we get to the good Ghostbusters conversation where we're going to run down the movies, the cartoons, the toys and even the video game let me introduce our panel of brilliant experts for the episode first of all welcome back to the show mr gary mitchell light of my life love of my dawn heart of my loins i don't know how are you doing gary
1: i feel like a stay puff <laughs>
0: <laughs> don't we all because it's not time to start slimming down for con season yet
1: oh no no but no i'm good i'm good it's I, i've settled into atlanta i've been here i figured it out six months now And so,
0: so you can get the lay of the land. You can almost drive three miles unassisted downtown. Yes. It's very good. Yes. Speaking of downtown, our man from inside the perimeter, Mr. Noel Wood from Dork Droppings. Welcome back to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Uh, thanks for coming on last minute. Uh, we, we lost someone and we have gained, uh, Someone I'm very excited to... One, one, I'm happy to have you back on the show, but two... Well, I'm sorry
2: for your loss.
0: (laughs) Well, you know, maybe he'll come back as a ghost and it'll be pertinent to the episode. Oh, there we go. Episode. That's how I'm doing tonight. Thanks, Angry Orchard and Fireball. Mm. Uh, But yeah, I'm happy to have you here because I know you are going to be excellent for this topic. And finally... A lovely friend of mine that I've worked with uh, several times in monstrosity Championship wrestling Selena uh, also known as the delicious delightful vixen Guella Deville Selena welcome to the show for the first time ever
3: Oh I thank you it's wonderful to be here
0: and, and welcome to Skype for the first time ever I'm glad you could get that hooked up without you you are skyping better than people that have been on the show 15 times.
3: I am. Look at me with this new technology. I'm, I'm finally catching up to the rest of the world.
0: Well, it's, it's a pleasure to have you here caught up with us.
3: Yes. Uh, I'm feeling like the hot chocolate to Gary's Stay Puff.
0: <laughs> oh, which would make Noel a graham cracker, maybe? Yeah, yeah. I He's the giant coffee. s'more.
3: <laughs> you, you can be the fire that heats us all up. So, we're going to
0: start uh, at the beginning. Which is, of course, filmation's ghostbusters television show. I'm just kidding. we're not going to talk about that except tangentially later on. We're gonna start with the movie nineteen eighty four uh Ghostbusters is released to theaters, and i'm i was was anybody exposed to Ghostbusters in any other way than this movie? Like you didn't see like the second one first, did you?
3: I don't think so I don't remember a time when i when I didn't know what Ghostbusters was that's a good life i really didn't i have two older brothers they're um they're almost a decade older than me so obviously i never had control of the remote when i was a child so anytime ghostbusters was on we were watching ghostbusters oh i don't ever remember a moment where i didn't watch that movie
0: (laughs) that's good though because you had the older siblings to like introduce you to the cool stuff
3: Oh yeah, I, I I attribute them to a lot of uh, uh, a lot of my early you know traumatizations of you know aliens, <laughs> right, uh, Predator, right. Terminator, you know <laughs> Ghostbusters, all of the boy you know eighties muscle man movies. I was all about it.
0: That that is good training right there. That
3: I, I honestly I didn't know any other way. I just didn't. I didn't even realize that there were other movies other than you know <laughs> Indiana Jones and you know and all these crazy films. So. I uh, I appreciate it.
0: <laughs> Gary and Noel, what about you guys? Was was this the beginning for you? Oh yeah,
2: oh yeah. I I remember seeing the trailers for this on television back in nineteen eighty four, and uh, thinking it looked kind of like uh, like one of those movies I wasn't going to be allowed to see. And I didn't see it in the theater, but I did see it like when it came on HBO the first time. So within the first year.
1: Yeah, I was very lucky. A, very, uh, a neighbor lady took me to see it at one of the second-run houses for my birthday. So I got to see it in the theater and just be like, that was awesome. Oh, that's great. See, I, I
0: wasn't uh, – It was. it's only rated PG. I have this weird <laughs> disconnect in my head where for a while I thought Ghostbusters was rated R.
3: Well, you have to understand in the early 80s, I think that, that it, uh, it was a little, a little more lax than yeah. it is nowadays. Well, oh, for sure. And it was also, sure.
2: this was the time when, I mean, PG-13 came into effect, I think the same year. It was 84. Gremlins, yeah, I think it was, was
0: the first.
1: It was, uh, Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom. Oh, was it created, Temple of Doom? Yeah, because okay. they created the rating specifically for that movie, so I'm going to nerd off here.
0: <laughs> oh, please do. That's nerd what we're off. here for.
1: Uh, but it, because it was the heart-ripping scene, in Temple of Doom, oh, where so the MPAA was going to give it an R rating, oh. and they clamped down and they clapped down, and finally Spielberg negotiated Spielberg's with
0: Spielberg's like, I'm Steven fucking Spielberg. Yeah. And you're you're okay. going to do what I tell you to do. Yeah,
2: yeah. And so then Red said, Dawn made it to theaters first, and it was the first one to actually make it to theaters with a the PG-13.
0: So right. Gre- Gremlins isn't even PG-13, is it? Now that I'm sitting here thinking about it. I don't think PG. so. It's
2: still PG. Yeah. I think it's PG, but it's one of the ones that kind of helped spark that whole controversy. Right, right.
1: Yeah, because there was a lot more you used to be able to get away with in a PG-13. You could get boobs sometime in a PG-13
2: movie. So, PG. You used to get boobs in a PG movie. That's uh, what I meant. I Sixteen Candles was a PG movie.
0: Clash of the Titans. Yes. The whole, first, f- whole yep. first seven minutes of that movie is bouncing titties. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's PG.
2: And I um, saw it at the theater when I was like five, and it was amazing to me.
0: <laughs> well, <then> I saw
1: <laughs> Clash of the Titans at the drive-in.
0: Uh, but Ghostbusters, I was not allowed to see, uh, all of my friends got to go see it, but apparently my, my mom got the early word that there are some, there are a few, questionable uh,
3: things.
0: Thank you. Thank you. Exactly. So I wasn't allowed to go see it and I was heartbroken because obviously it was the biggest movie of all time at the time. And, and really it's pretty amazing that it's held up the way it has. And we'll talk about that a little bit, but I don't. I don't remember the first time I saw it. I'm sure it was on uh, VHS because I do have a very clear memory of being excited about that cardboard sleeve. Uh, so I don't think it was cable. But, yeah, I didn't get to see it in the theater. And yet I would still go out and uh, play in the yard, play Ghostbusters with my friends. And I knew that I wanted to be Peter Venkman. But I was always Egon because I had glasses. Oh, it's okay. I love Egon. At least you weren't Ray because nobody wanted to be Ray. Dude, the Ray figure is the one that goes for the most right now, which is very
1: surprised. Because surprising. nobody wanted him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> uh, so what what are some memories that you guys have of the movie? Because like I said, I don't even honestly remember the first time I've seen it. And it's one of those movies that I've seen so many times at this point that I, I don't know that I remember the impact of initial viewings all that much all i really remember is it was only a few years ago maybe 10 years ago or so that i stopped being nervous during the library ghost scene (laughs) (laughs) like that was that for for the longest time to me that scene was up there with any horror movie
3: i remember i remember thinking uh when I was very young, always watching Ghostbusters and I could never really understand what exactly happened during the Slimer scene. Like, <laughs> cause I'm like, okay, he's running at them. And now, now he's on the floor and he's covered in goo. What happened? I just, I could not wrap my little brain around what was going on. And now that I'm an adult and I'm also a professional pervert, um, <laughs> I, making up even more ideas about what must have happened to our, well, poor, it's, our it's, poor hero. It's
0: funny <laughs> to think back to your, your comprehension level when you were a kid because, I, you know, my son is eight now and I try to think back to the first time I saw movies and what I understood and what I didn't understand and trying to look at it through my eight year old eyes and being like, man, I didn't even get like worrying about my son seeing a certain thing. I'll be like, I didn't even understand that reference. I didn't even get that joke. I didn't realize it was dirty. So it's pretty amazing to go look at these movies that I loved in the eighties and think like, man, I saw this when I was eight.
3: Right. And I, didn't- I I think that there's a part of, you know, the, the childhood innocence of it that, um, there comes a time whenever, uh, as as a child you slowly begin to understand and are able to follow a storyline whenever you're watching a film mm. whereas if you're too young you're really not following a storyline you're just watching images play. Yeah. You you don't remember what was happening 20 minutes ago so therefore you have no concept of, you know, what's going on in this scene. You're just watching scene for scene for scene for scene. So I think that that's one of the reasons why some things are so unbelievably terrifying whenever we see them when we're little, like the library scene, (laughs) because we didn't expect it to come up. We have because we have no concept that there's going to be something scary about to happen.
0: Well, and we didn't know that it was being played for humor. Right to us, it was just this. They're they're scared. They're going through the library. What's this lady doing? Ah, like
1: I'll argue that the library scene is, and there are other scenes that are supposed to be legitimately scary.
0: Well, they are, but as as an adult, you understand that they're they're playing with horror, right? As opposed to when you're a kid, it's just horror.
3: (laughs) It's just terrifying. Yeah, yeah.
0: What about you guys? do you Do you remember specific things impacting you when you were younger, or do you remember the, specifically the first time you saw it? Gary, you said you saw it in the theater, which or do you say theater or drive-in
1: theater yeah it was a second run theater I, I mean well it was, like I said, it was a birthday present. I had just turned fourteen uh but mentally, I was still like twelve
0: sure as as we all are.
1: Yeah. And we went to see it and I remember just the humor hitting me. Uh I wanting to grow up to be Peter Vinkman. Wanting to I, I remembered uh just being in love with the effects and being fourteen years old and seeing the gatekeeper. <laughs> right. And just going, Oh
3: I had such a bizarre uh concept with the gatekeeper because or at least uh you know zool when <laughs> when zool appears because it she kind of looks like annie from the eurythmics and so <laughs> the uh, the music videos that my mom would also play at the same time in this era of my life i would confuse them a lot and so i was very scared
0: well and that eurythmics. makes sense because the the videos of the time were. were very
3: close. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. They're, I mean, well, they're, they're very like theatrical, movie-like almost. And,
0: and so much, so much of the Ghostbusters aesthetic of, of the original movie, anyway, is is very pop culture oriented. Mm-hmm. Oh, it's full eighties.
3: It's oh, the eighties yeah. to eighties that ever eighty in eighty town.
0: Noel, think- what about
2: you? Do you uh, what, what are
3: well,
0: your
2: earliest Ghostbusters memories? So before I saw the movie, I remember I had. Some sort of book, and I think it was like a children's book adaptation of the movie. So I kind of knew what the story was and everything. Um, And I also had all my cooler friends who had already seen it, and they were quoting all the lines that I knew was the reason why I probably wouldn't see this in the theater. Like, you know, we came, we saw, we kicked its ass. Right, yes, yes. Stuff like that. So I knew enough about the movie to the point where when I saw it, it all made sense to me. Like I, I was kind of familiar with everything that was going to happen in it. And then I knew some of the lines in advance. Um, so I already kind of loved the movie before I even had seen it for the first time. Um, and yeah, I, I, I knew Bill Murray from like, cause my dad was a fan of stripes and, um, you know, I'd seen Caddyshack and so I, you know, I knew him and I, and I really liked him from those movies and meatballs. So, um, you know, that was the first time I really kind of got to experience all those guys together. Cause I hadn't really seen a lot of the old SNL stuff with Dan Aykroyd and, and Bill Murray by that point in time. Um, but yeah, it was, it was one of those movies that just kind of, by the time that I finally saw it, it, it really just, it stuck with me forever.
0: Yeah. It's, it is one of, I would say the first Ghostbusters is one of the rare perfect movies. I Mm -hmm. don't think that there's a moment that you could cut out. I don't think there's anything extraneous, Uh, and and also, like I said earlier, it's aged very well, even though it is very eighties, except for some of those special effects. Oh boy! Well, but you know what? (laughs) The well, you're right. Compared
2: to some of what we see today, the the um, the the demon dogs, the demon dogs look look really really bad bad. and I'm glad they haven't gone back and fixed that right, because don't it, want does, that. Yeah. Yeah, it does, yeah, it does represent the time that it was made. And you know they could easily go in and re- redo those with CGI, but I'm glad they haven't. But as far as the humor and the tone and the pacing, uh, everything
0: that you know, they can't do anything about the effects. At the time, right. they couldn't have been any better than what they were.
2: You know, well, the humor holds up, but they could never make that movie now. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, they, they could never use that level of that level of crass humor in today's age.
0: No. No,
1: yeah, absolutely. There there's there is a lot of that uh, crass that wouldn't fly these days, but you watch it and so much for me what makes it work now is the fact that so much of that comedy is character based. Yes. And that really – I mean it's not like a lot of 80s comedies where it's 80s reference or any comedy these days where it's a lot of just reference something as popular right now where you watch it 10 years later. You're like, wait, what are they talking about? Well,
0: and that's it. There's very little – as as much as you look at it and it's a product of the 80s, it's, well, really a product of the early 80s. Uh, but there's very little pop culture stuff it is like you said, it's all character based. It's all about who these people are. It's all about this group of very relatable people. You know, these guys, Yeah, they're not, uh, they're not like super versions of regular people. They're regular people. Like, you know, a scumbag, you know, a super nerd, you know, a super enthusiastic guy, like, you know, them all. Mm -hmm. And that's what makes them so relatable. Uh, but the that original movie, was, I mean, it back then movies stayed in theaters much longer. It was in theaters for a year, and then it got re-released in 1985, and mm-hmm. it was huge. The music video, I remember the first time I saw that video, and I, I don't know that I had any frame of reference for Bill Murray and Dan Aykroyd at that point in my life, but that video for... The actual guys in the movie to be in the video and then John Candy and then, uh, all the, you know, the celebrities that made the appearance. The video for the Ghostbusters theme song, uh, which is the greatest Huey Lewis and the News song that (laughs) Huey Lewis and the News never made, uh, was huge. It was everywhere. It was even on, uh, if you remember, there was a Wolfman Jack cartoon that Um. played music videos at the halfway point of the cartoon. And it played the Ghostbusters, and I remember having a conversation with one of my friends, because you know obviously this was far, far long before the internet, but I remember discussing with one of my friends, they're going to play the Ghostbusters on Wolfman Jack this Saturday. Are you going to watch it? Like, I remember that conversation, <laughs> which is a bizarre thing to have known. I guess
2: a uh, commercial or TV guide, I, I don't know how we knew things back then, but... Well,
1: and guide, probably.
2: Yeah. Then there's the iconography of it and that symbol. And I mean, what's another movie that you can think of from that time period where you have a logo that is that instantly recognizable for anybody and has like just stood the test of time for so long? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to the point now where when you see a circle with a line through it, that's the Ghostbuster symbol.
0: Right. Nobody. Like, nobody says that's the the cross out thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The no, right, right, yeah. <laughs> yes.
3: Say no to drugs. <laughs> yes,
0: yeah, it's. it's to no,
3: say no to ghosts, man. <laughs> it's it's not
0: the uh the no, ma'am symbol or the yeah. uh what was the, the dare dare symbol. It's not any oh, of that. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the Ghostbuster oh,
2: dare. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, like, it, uh, just not just a. Perfect movie as far as the film itself, but it was it was marketed so perfectly too. So and yeah. I think that's why it 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 managed to reach such a wide audience back then. So anything
0: with that big of a cultural impact is obviously going to end up as cartoons and toys, yes. especially in the eighties. In nineteen eighty six, the Real Ghostbusters was launched as a cartoon and as a toy line. But a week prior to the real Ghostbusters, Filmation launched Ghostbusters because back in the 70s, Filmation had, had a live action show called Ghostbusters. That Larry Storch. Uh, yes, Larry Storch and a uh, an ape named Tracy. Tracy. Yes. Uh and it was, it's silly and it's really fun. If you can, you can find it on YouTube and go check out an episode. Uh, one episode is probably about as much as you'll be able to palette, but it, it's fun just to see what it is. So Filmation still having the rights to that because Columbia Pictures had had to license, uh, Ghostbusters from Filmation in order to use it for the movie because originally Dan Aykroyd was going to call it Ghost Smashers, which is the worst name for anything ever. Yes. Uh, Ghost Smashers. And Mm -hmm. they were also going to be traveling through time and space fighting various ghosts and stuff. They had to pare it down. But anyway, uh, so Filmation had the rights to do Ghostbusters. And because of Filmation's budgeting practices and their skill with cutting corners and reusing backgrounds, they, they had been in business for years and years and years. They knew what they were doing, and they were able to beat... Uh, the Ghostbusters that was based on the movie to the market. So the movie one had to call itself the real Ghostbusters to differentiate from Filmation's Ghostbusters, which featured the sons of the original characters from the live action show and Tracy the Gorilla. Yes. So, and that obviously, because it's 1986, had a toy line as well. So we have which the real those Ghostbusters. Toys were
2: fantastic.
0: They were. They were excellent toys. Um, but, well, so were the real Ghostbusters. Yes. Uh, unfortunately, aside from the human characters in Slimer, uh, they didn't use a whole lot from the cartoon for the ghosts and for the
2: ancillary characters.
1: Yeah, I was always disappointed by that. I was as well, but... I would have loved a Boogeyman figure.
2: But they had a football player that turned into a giant demon. <laughs> they had a toilet that turned into a demon. I mean, come on. It was a, it was an amazing line.
0: Uh, they had the firehouse. They, I mean, they... They really took care of, of everything you could want and then le- basically let toy designers just go nuts designing the ghosts and the haunted humans and everything else. But to me, the real Ghostbusters cartoon, and this, this kind of harkens back to the last episode we did, which was about live, uh, live action versus animation. Mm-hmm. To me, the real Ghostbusters was canon. It was just as important as the movie, even though... Egon had some kind of weird toilet paper roll with a ponytail attached to it on his head. He I totally odd?
3: loved that.
0: Uh, well, I like it <laughs> now. I hated it back then. But I understand, you know, now I understand they don't want to pay for likenesses. So that's, that's what they do. But yeah. to me, the real Ghostb- Ghostbusters was the continuation of the movie, which is what it was intended to be. And they even had the episode to explain why they got the colorful jumpsuits. Uh, there were some amazing stories told on that cartoon. J. Michael Straczynski wrote a number of episodes. Uh, and, and yeah. I took that to heart. And to me, that was the continuation of the story. Uh, how well do you guys remember Real Ghostbusters?
1: I loved it. I, I, it was appointment watching for me. And it was smart. It was funny. It really captured the spirit, no pun intended, of the uh, movie. hey uh, uh, and just, I, it, was, it was just amazing to me that it was, you know, because I love G.I. Joe, I love Transformers, I love the other cartoons, but this was such a step above everything. I yes. mean, I knew adults who watched it who went, yeah, this is good. And I give that all to the writing staff.
0: Well, they took, the, they took the subject matter, you know, it was a cartoon and it was still fun, but they took the subject matter seriously. And they used, you know, myths and legends and really expanded uh, what the Ghostbusters were doing beyond just trapping ghosts and and they yeah. created this whole mythology that was absolutely fantastic. Um, Noel and Selena, what about you guys? What what are your what are your memories of the real ghostbusters?
3: I remember I, also- I remember definitely a little slimer as kind of like their uh, their little pet.
2: <laughs> I, I will say I was not a fan of slimer the same way I was not a fan of Orco or Snarf. I never liked the cutesy sidekicks even he when I was
3: like he definitely followed the Orco, you know, time, you know, frame of character development, which wasn't any.
1: Yeah. Well, the, <laughs> in, the annoying... in that time in cartoons, though, you had to have the cutesy character. I mean, there's yeah,
3: you know, yeah. something goofy. Bob. Kind of, yeah. yeah. Bob.
0: Oh. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah, Slimer. Uh, he didn't bother me as much as Snarf and some of the others, but I was annoyed. That they injected him into the show because I,
2: you know, it he. Well, it it became after a while oh, Slimer and the real Ghostbusters. That's,
0: well, that's when I got it. To me, that's where the series <laughs> ends.
1: Well, it's actually pretty interesting if you've read any of the behind the scenes stuff. Jay Michael Zarski has done a lot of great interviews talking about it. But he and the writing staff for that first year kept getting pushback and pushback from the network, trying to dumb it down, trying to make it more for the kids. Right, and right. they walked. And a whole new staff came in and started doing what the suits wanted. And they watched, and the suits then watched the ratings go down the toilet. And because they changed the way Janine's character was portrayed, they, you know, upped Slymer's presence more. And finally they went to Straczynski and the other people and said, look, you, will you come back? And they actually wrote a manifesto of, okay, if we come back, no kids, we're changing Janine back. They actually did a whole episode about what happened to Janine's personality.
3: Mm-hmm. She, went, she went crazy. Yeah.
1: yeah. It's like, I think the episode is like called what's up with Janine or what's going, it's so, but it's something like that. And they brought it back. And that third season is better, but then it goes downhill again because they walked again.
3: You know, this is something that's interesting and this, uh, you know, what you've described is still happens today um, with, uh, with cartoons and a pretty good example is the, you know, Teen Titans. they, you know, they said, oh, you know, it's getting too grown up. It's getting, you know, to an area where it's going to be outside of the demographic that we want this show to be at. And so they they canceled it. So then they bring in this, uh, this new one, which is Teen Titans Go!, which is supposed to, again, go into a realm of, uh, you know, a demographic of younger children. However... Older kids are still starting to watch it. They still continue to watch it. So well, it's very up-
0: smart. It's yeah, it's a very, very good show. It's very irreverent. It has a lot of uh, you know. My son laughs at it because Beast Boy, you know, eats burritos and Raven or no Starfire. Uh, the, one of the I'll I'll go off on a bit of a tangent here, not Ghostbusters related. If anybody listening does not like Teen Titans, go. I challenge you to track down the episode uh, where they have to make sound effects for the world. Yes. <laughs> it's one of the best episodes of a cartoon I have ever seen. Uh, and it's funny on so many different levels. You know, my son laughs at it because it's, it's silly. But I laugh at it because it's, it's a lot of commentary on animation.
3: Mm-hmm. and it's, well, it's, know, a, the, it's a smart yeah. show. Yeah, there was a lot of push um, again from the people that are involved with uh, with making it, you know, from from your big wigs, from the folks that are uh, that are paying your bills for it, um saying, "Look, like this is the people that watch this. We just need to make this show for the folks that are watching it." And so when they did, and of course, and you'll see like a couple of really uh, goofy episodes where they kind of make fun of themselves. Uh, and they also kind of revisit a little bit of the original show and stuff. Oh, the serious Um, episode. Yeah, in the, in the funny way, you know. And, uh, it's, you know, it it just kind of tells you that kids like things that make them feel more grown up. Yes. And that's, and that Mm -hmm. is the ticket as far as selling something to kids. You can't dumb it down. They don't want to be patronized. They want to feel like they're watching something that they kind of, sort of, shouldn't be watching. And like, that, this is for something for an older kid. Oh, this is making me feel really special getting to watch this. Like a so, Beetlejuice again, Juice cartoon. Exactly. Yes. So that's he- the whole reason why we love Ghostbusters. Because we we're like, oh, they said, like, a naughty word. Oh, I'm going to get in trouble yeah. if, I, if I do this. But you're going to watch it. You're going to watch it forever. Because <laughs> it makes yeah. you feel not like a kid. Yeah,
1: Yeah, it's like... um I don't know, just, you know, the canceling of Young Justice, but it's what, it, uh, I remember I thread now, sorry. It's always, they always stick in that teen sidekick or the child character sidekick. They're always, cause the kid's going to identify with Robin. I identified with Batman. I wanted to be Batman. I never wanted to be Robin.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's exactly how it is, is that, that we were supposed to be able to identify with that young th- person or thing or cat or slime ball or whatever. But that thing was always doing stupid things and getting in trouble. I didn't want to be that. I wanted to be, you know, Panthro or Peter Pan. You Vankman. want to be the you
3: want to be the smart one. You want yeah. to be the one that saves everybody. You want to be the hero. You want to be, you know, the adult version of yourself that you want to be someday. Exactly. You, know, you don't want, want to be to the be dumb be little Matt kid Tracker, that you are right Scott
2: now. <laughs> oh, nobody wanted to be Scott Tracker. Ugh. Not even Scott Tracker wanted to be Scott Tracker. <laughs> So, the, one exception, the one exception is that you wanted to be Penny or the Brain and not Inspector Gadget, because they were the ones that figured everything out.
0: I, you know what? Don't i got to tell you, I was a little annoyed <laughs> by Penny and Brain. Well, Penny. I liked Brain. I liked Brain. All right, so Real Ghostbusters established a continuity that, to us as kids, was, was every bit as important as the movie.
1: They had some amazing stories that should have been the sequel. Uh, the Collect Call of
0: Cthulhu. Excellent, which actually, you know what? It's funny you mention that because that is on right now in my house. Ah. I, I've got the second season just playing on on, uh, on the TV just in the background, and that one just started. Uh, we loved the real Ghostbusters and treated it as the sequel. But then in 1989, we got the actual sequel because the movie studio, I mean – I can't blame the movie studio for wanting another one because when you've got something, when you've got lightning in a bottle like Ghostbusters, obviously you want to repeat that somehow and do it again. And unfortunately, they were not able to do it again. What I want to do here is discuss our first impressions of Ghostbusters 2 and then go into how we feel about it now. Because for me personally, one of uh, I, in nineteen eighty nine, I was thirteen years old, and a very very strong memory from that year was how angry I was that the Ghostbusters started this movie out and were failures, were forgotten, were were nothing. And how stupid I thought that was, and what a missed opportunity I thought it was, because we, even at that age when at that time sequels were not as as dominant as they are now, and storytelling wasn't the same as it is now. But even then, that franchise idea was stuck in my head from Peter Venkman in the first movie saying "We can the franchise rights alone." So that idea of the franchise, like, I thought if anything, the live action would just follow up. You know, I I was realistic enough to know that they weren't gonna directly go off of real Ghostbusters at that point. But I never even imagined that they would do something as bizarre as make them pariahs. And I was furious. And I didn't like the movie the first time I saw it. I just didn't. Uh, I, I didn't there was just nothing about it that made me happy. Uh, I remember the Statue of Liberty thing. I, I, you know, when I was 13-year-old, I'm not saying I'm a smart guy now because I'm not, but when I was 13, I was definitely not at the level I am now. But even 13-year-old me knew that the Statue of Liberty walking around fucking New York fighting evil slime was corny as shit. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But I, I was... Massively disappointed initially. How did you guys feel about it? Uh, Let's start with Noel this time.
2: Uh, I remember being very excited about seeing it. Um, That was one of the... the, I believe it came out in the summertime. It came out one week before Batman. Okay, yeah, so that was the summer where my friend Jonathan and I, mm. our parents dropped us off at the local Cineplex Odeon Theater, and we would spend the whole afternoon between there and the Turtles in that same shopping center. Yeah. And that was one of the many movies that we caught. Uh, I believe UHF was one of the ones we caught that summer. Yes. Um, mm. Yeah, Batman, a few others. Um, Gremlins, too. The, yeah, that, I, I that think was that was one of the I caught amazing too. Amazing summer. And... The main
1: thing I remember is Ghostbusters 2 came out, broke Oh, Last all kinds Crusade. Of records.
0: Last Crusade yeah, came Indiana out. Indiana Jones, do, right?
1: Mm-hmm. Yep, that came out, broke all the records. Uh, then Star Trek 5 came out, broke a bunch of records, broke a bunch of records, and broke a bunch of
0: hearts. And I was getting ready to say, and a bunch of hearts. <laughs>
1: yeah. And then Batman well, came out and blew everybody out of the water.
2: Yes. I think I recall, for the most part, liking the movie when I first saw it. I don't... I actually don't really remember watching it back then. Um, I only remember kind of working in a video store for years and watching it on repeat in the in the store um, was when I really started to kind of notice all the flaws. Um, although I will say this. I think that the Vigo. I think Vigo is a better villain than Zool is. Well, we'll we'll get
0: we'll get to our current impressions.
2: Oh, okay, okay, okay. Um, um, in, in a
0: but, minute, because but I, I, but
2: what I really hated was I did not like that. Well, I didn't like the fact that they were all kind of you know they were no longer Ghostbusters and they were just kind of like sad and, and depressed at the beginning. But I didn't like that Dana wasn't with Peter, and that she had gone off and had another life and had come back with this child that you know was and I realized that he's very important to the story but um that bothered me because I thought it kind of took away from their relationship a little bit they had to kind of rebuild that and I just thought it was it it kind of felt shoehorned in
0: what was a waste of time to start off with it ended and then end with them back together it was like well what is what is it was very artificial and again 13 year old me didn't necessarily view it that way but I knew it was lame Selena, what about you? What, what are your? When did you first find find the sequel, and what did you think of it?
3: Um, I was a little bit uh, I was a little bit older whenever I actually do remember the first time that I watched Ghostbusters two. Actually, um, my uh, uh, my family had come home with uh, the VHS because you know we we were way too poor to go to the movies, so <laughs> so I had to watch it whenever it came out on VHS. And my brothers were so excited; they were so pumped for this. And we watched it, and I remember them being so upset um, about the uh, uh, when Dana's baby gets carried off by the nanny ghost. Yes, <laughs>
0: I remember them
3: being so being like so upset about that because they were like they were like, why is the baby on? uh yeah on the ledge they couldn't understand like why that situation happened i don't remember i don't think they were paying attention to what was happening to get up to that point somebody get that kid off the
0: fucking (laughs) ledge Right?
3: Right? (laughs) they're like why would you do like what who is watching this kid right 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 I, i guess probably because at this point they were you know pretty um they you know, they were they were seasoned babysitter veterans for me. So Right. <laughs> so they are like, I think I know how to take care of a kid or two, you know, I am sixteen, so you know <laughs> So I remember like that scene very, very vividly that because they were upset about it, of course. Um I also remember uh I do remember everybody coated in marshmallow goo at the end of the film as well. <laughs> and I was like, that's gonna be so sticky to clean out <laughs> well
0: now the second the second one they're coated in the the pink slime yes crap, yes yes which yes. is even nastier than marshmallow i i would think
3: it'd be yeah. like being
0: dipped in ky
3: oh uh, well maybe oh.
0: that wouldn't be so bad
3: oh well
0: you warm it up
3: <laughs> all right. uh, well you know it might start to smell weird after a while
0: <laughs> well yeah uh, Gary, what about you? How do you like your KY? I mean, how did you enjoy no. Ghostbusters 2 the first time?
1: Uh, warmed and lovingly applied. Uh, <laughs> oh,
3: goodness.
1: <laughs> uh, I remember seeing it in the theater. I, well, the first thing I remember is it was so big that the whole cast was on Oprah like the week before. Oh, I remember wow. watching that, get, being excited and them talking to everybody and thinking, that, oh, wow, this movie going to be great. It's going to be fun. And I remember watching it and going, what the fuck? Fuck is this shit! <laughs> I mean, I hated that. I mean, I love Rick Moranis to death. I love him to death, but I thought making Louis Tully a Ghostbuster was stupid. I thought that I was like, "What did you do to Janine?" <laughs> well, her character's and entirely different. It's so them. weird. Yeah, and I thought the whole point of well, we're gonna stick Tully and Janine together because they're both nerds. I'm like, no, she has got a thing for Egon. Uh, hate right. that
2: so, so much. much. Yeah,
1: I mean, I there was just and like you said the 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 whole statue of liberty thing was lame i mean there was just so much of it it was so jumpy and i just remember watching walking out of it just being so pissed well i thought no movie can make me as angry as this when i saw star trek five but (laughs) i will never stop making that joke by the way um just it was just in so at the time i just hated every inch of that film and wouldn't watch it again for years I pretended it didn't exist
0: and and that's basically the way I treated it I, I stuck with real Ghostbusters um, I didn't really think about the second one very much but you know as time goes on and the things that we love become more rare and I guess more precious we revisit them to give them another chance and I feel I still feel it's a disappointing movie but I recognize it for what it is. It's a dad movie. Uh, it is old guys who have a different perspective on the world than they did five years prior and who are making these like corny decisions and are doing silly things that they think are nice that's what so much of it is. That's what the Statue of Liberty is. That's what the mood slime is. Uh, it, it just doesn't have the edge, but it does have the characters. Um, yeah. the, the four main guys are still essentially true to themselves. Egon gets a little weirder. Uh, Ray gets a little more enthusiastic. Winston gets maybe a little more time to do stuff. Mm-hmm. But uh, I've softened on it. I still don't think it's a good movie, and it's still not the sequel that I want. But I can watch it and enjoy it for the parts of it that are good.
1: Yeah, they never should have reset the characters to zero to tell the story again.
0: No, no, that was that was unnecessary. And it, it, but all of this is a result of them not really wanting to do it. True. So, Gary, how at this point, how do you feel about it?
1: Uh, like you said, I can appreciate it for what it is. It's not the colossal stinking mess that I thought it was. I mean, for years, I wouldn't even buy it when it came out on DVD because you can only buy one and two together. Right, right. <laughs> it's like, no, I'm not buying the second one. I'll pay extra not to have the second
0: one. <laughs> <laughs> it's like buying the Indiana Jones movies. You're stuck yeah. with that coaster that comes with them.
1: Uh, no, it comes a, with the trilogy. Well, well, there's only three of them, right? Right.
0: Well, it, it comes with the trilogy, and then this coaster or frisbee yeah. or whatever you decide to use yeah. it for. Yeah, I still haven't watched it, by the way.
3: Good I'm still you. waiting. I'm still waiting for the next story. Whenever they have to reanimate Mount
0: Rushmore, and yes. you know. <laughs>
1: yeah, but you know, I I don't actively hate the movie anymore.
0: Yeah, that, that's where I'm at. Uh, it's it's cute and it's fun. And I love Peter McNichol. He's There's absolutely- so many
3: there's so many other films that deserve your hate there's so yes. many more sequels yes. that are far more deserving of hate than, <laughs> than this one uh,
0: yes you're at, and that, that's a big part of it too and it's been with us so long now that the pain is lessened uh, well it's just there it's it's kind of lost it's it's uh, the, the the urgency of my dislike has lessened because like Selena said there are other things I dislike far far more
1: yeah Uh, and there are some good things about it I'll let Noel cover because he mentioned what I think is the best part of the movie
0: well hopefully Noel will be back in a moment we seem oh no we we seem to have lost him uh, but hopefully he'll call back in in a second but I I didn't like you know I I
3: must be the only one of you guys that liked the second one
0: Well, and that's fine. There's
3: absolutely nothing. I'm the I only one that enjoys the second one because I I like to watch them in in tandem. You know, once I've watched the first one, that I want to watch the second one. Oh, so. I do the same thing. And it's just a nice little you know kind of you know progression of the storyline. I, I actually you know as as an adult, I almost kind of uh, I guess I kind of have the opposite uh, feeling as far as. Uh, as far as you do, about how, you know, they open the storyline with them kind of essentially feeling uh, a little bit forgotten, kind of like you're, you know, tossed aside heroes. I, I thought that that was a really nice uh, way to, to start a, you know, to start the second one, just because it kind of shows that, you know, once you're on top, you're only on top until you're not. And it's just a, a, a nice way to kind of I guess be a little bit more realistic because not everybody is going to reach success and then keep success. It's a constant battle to, you know, to always have something to look forward to and to keep yourself going. And, uh, I think that was maybe could be a stretch, but I think that's more or less, uh, how I viewed that storyline as, as far as them kind of being really down and then coming all the way back up again. So,
0: well, and you're not wrong with that because, if you just take the movies unto themselves, that's not unreasonable. But with the way that I've always viewed cartoons and animation, I took real Ghostbusters just as seriously as I did the movie. And to me, like that was real. That was, that made sense. That worked for me. But you're right. In the context of just the two movies, it does make sense. And it is a reasonable story uh, but the problem then is, you know, the worst part of the first movie is waiting for everybody to be a superhero or be cool or whatever it is. Yeah. And the right. I, in my opinion, one of the worst things you can do is start over again. That's why I thought Dark Knight Rises was horrible because we had to wait 45 minutes for him to be Batman again. Mm-hmm. After Those quitting. Plus, <laughs> right. After quitting. He, <laughs> quitted, he quit Batmanning because crime killed his girlfriend. And Ghostbusters, like, granted, they didn't you know, quit. Well,
1: if, if, if only crime had known and only killed maybe, you know, one of his parents instead it's, of both. Right.
0: Uh, so, uh, in retrospect, though, I now have kind of a soft spot for Ghostbusters too. I know people who like it more than the original. Uh, there who are a, these
2: blasphemers? <laughs> <laughs> uh,
0: just because it's had a big impact on their lives for, for one reason or another. Uh, and there is there's a lot of fun to be had if you can just sit back and enjoy it. And like I said... You know, Ray, Peter, Egon, Winston, they're the same guys, and it's fun. When they go down in the sewer, when they're in the, the tunnel and the train starts coming, it's like there are big, memorable scenes. Peter McNichol is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, Vigo is, I mean, he's scary. I think, yeah. Noel, you were going to talk about how Vigo is actually a better villain.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, really, when you go back, I mean, the – Obviously, with the original Ghostbusters movie, the actual plot of it is kind of the least interesting thing there. Yes, um, you know the, it's 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 a pretty routine story to get to the end where we meet and fight Zul on the on the roof of the building. Um, but Vigo was uh, like a lot more compelling to me, and I thought they got more into mythology with Vigo, um, and uh, you know the whole thing with the painting was really creepy, and that's such an iconic image. Once again, is the the painting of Vigo. Uh, and yeah, I love Peter McNichol, um, in his role in the movie, it just kind of helped with that whole creepy factor.
0: Well, and the, the idea of Ray getting possessed, uh, there's, yeah. a, there's a scene that got cut of their driving the Ecto-1 back from the museum and Vigo possesses Ray and he tries to drive the car off the road and kill them all. <laughs> Which I'm sure they decided was too heavy for the movie because it is it is very light. Uh, but I, I love the idea of Ray being possessed. And, and once again, it's his sort of weak-mindedness and openness,
2: I guess. Well, I guess that's always been Dan Aykroyd's thing because when he was writing, when well, he was pitching the ideas for the third one, they were all going to die and go to hell.
0: Well, and it's just interesting because it's Ray being so open-minded. And if you list, if you, you know, I don't know how into supernatural mysticism you guys are, but if you talk to supposed mediums or or paranormal investigators or whatever they may be, they will say that people that are open-minded are actually in the most danger and that skeptics... Uh, are not, because they don't believe. Whereas open-minded people are literally open-minded to the supernatural. And I- it's the whole l-
1: vampire thing. You have to believe!
0: Right. Well, you have to believe. You have to invite it in. You have to be eager for it. And I like that that's part of Ray's character, is that in the first movie, he was that open-minded. He was that eager and that naive, and he, you know, he, he gave Gozer a form. And then in the second movie, he's the one that got corrupted by Vigo. Like that's that's actually a really great story thread that I think, you know, it's neat to have seen it in the second movie, but it could have been explored a lot more. I but, agree. Uh, any any final thoughts on Ghostbusters two before we move on to uh, other things? Hairless pets are weird. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and uh, good news for everyone, uh, the world did not end on Valentine's Day this year. That's, that's true. Yes. (laughs) So now that the world is still around and we are still here talking about Ghostbusters, uh, I want to talk a little bit about Ghostbusters in other media, which there was a video game that was produced. There have been a number of comic books
2: and I'll be honest. Several video games actually.
0: Well, and that's we'll we'll discuss that because uh, I don't know how much experience you guys have with this stuff. Uh, the comic books I've read a couple here and there from IDW. Uh, I think it was Star Comics that did the Real Ghostbusters comic, which was mm-hmm. actually quite good. Yeah, uh, IDW stuff has been everything that I've read has been very good. I just haven't delved too deep into it. And then there's the video. Well, the one video game I played which was the recent one that that served really as Ghostbusters 3. Yes. That it it's uh by video game standards it's it's fairly basic but by media tie-in standards and by the fact that it's meant to be a sequel to the movies, I thought it was fantastic.
1: Yeah. The story in that video game is great and it really it makes for a really good Ghostbusters 3, but as you said as a game it's Frustrating. Oh, the
2: gameplay is so so frustrating. I mean, I I I played it for a little while, but I had to I had to stop just because I hated the controls. Um, See, I didn't find it I didn't find it to be that bad, but I don't
0: I don't play a lot of video games.
1: Well, the one where you're in the office building early and you have to destroy all the lava creatures or whatever they are and keep them from like killing Ray. I had to do that level like sixteen times. because it's just
0: any. Any game that features uh, protection missions or whatever, yeah, I, I can do <laughs> without those. Those are no good.
2: Yeah. I, I played very heavily the game that came out in the 80s. I had it on my Commodore 64, and it was ported to several other computers and game systems. Um, a little bit more simplistic. Oh, part of it. it was On the Nintendo Entertainment System. Gosh,
0: is this the one where it was like a top view of the Ecto One? Yeah. Yes, yeah, there was.
2: there was the top view grid of the city, oh, and you yeah. had to go around, and you had to you had to bust ghosts in order to, to make money, and then you would you could upgrade your vehicles and things like that, and then eventually you got to the Stay Puft Marshmallow Man, and you died instantly once you got. The <laughs> It was, it was completely impossible um because he would step on you one time and the game was over. Uh, yeah, it was there's a reason
1: there's a trope called Nintendo Hard.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Absolutely. Yeah. Well that's how games were back then though. Mm-hmm. So how they got your quarters.
2: But I play I mean I played that game <laughs> that's play true. hundreds of hours probably when I was when I was younger. Uh, on the, on the Commodore 64, and I actually knew a cheat code. If you if you typed the word Lefty in as your name, you started off with like two hundred thousand dollars, so you could get the really nice upgrades on your vehicle right away.
0: Nice. So you listeners that are still playing your Commodore 64, there's a <laughs> exclusive tip from Mister yes. Noel Wood of Dork Droppings right here on the Needless Things podcast. Um,
1: yeah, the main thing I remember was the the, the role-playing game, the tabletop game from West End.
0: Talk about it which because was I never ball. did it and I I always kind of wondered how that worked. Was it was it based on the franchise idea?
1: It was exactly based on the franchise idea. The whole you got it is a it was one of the box sets, which was a big thing at the time of, you know, here's a box set and it was welcome to the franchise. This is your introductory kit for becoming a new member of the Ghostbusters franchise. Oh, nice. And it was it had Tobin's spirit guide for the game master for all the different spooks and things, but the best thing about it were the supplements and for the adventures for the characters to go on had that same cutting kind of satire that the cartoon did. Like the the introductory adventure was a serial mascot who had been possessed and taken on as the form of this ghost trying to corrupt children. Oh, that's uh, awesome. A, a tiger. Oh. <laughs> you know, and so the, the scenario makes a lot of pointed things about selling things to kids and sugary stuff. Sure, sure. Kind of thing. But it was actually really good. It was by the same guys who did the uh, West End games who did the Star Wars game at the time.
0: Well, they did the Ninja Turtles game, too, didn't they?
1: No, what that was West End? Palladium.
0: That was oh, palladium. that was Palladium. You're right, you're right.
1: Yeah, with the god-awful system that is Palladium. Uh,
0: yeah, I never could figure out Ninja Turtles. Yeah. Not that I was any kind of expert tabletop gamer at all but uh, I, I
1: was hip deep in role-playing games at the time. still try to be but you know not like I
0: used to be any other secondary media that you guys can remember Ghostbusters well, there's
2: fans? there is a huge community of Ghostbusters fans and especially like cosplayers we were supposed um, to
0: have one on
2: oh um, yeah, well, one of the guys who's, because I'm in a G.I. Joe costume group, one of the guys in my local group actually has, uh, a, he he does a Ghostbuster costume, and he actually has one of the Ecto-1s, this is a Psyon XB, um, yes. and he does, actually does a lot of crossover Ghostbusters, he's, he's working on a Ghostbusters Cobra, so it's, it's a, it's a, it's a, um, uh, I can't remember which it. it's Ect- Ecto-Viper is what he's working on. Oh right my now. gosh. But, I mean, it's, it's huge, you go to any convention anywhere in the country, and you'll see dozens of people and they're all network. It's 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 kinda like with the Five O First or you know, one of those where it's very well organized right, throughout right. the country. They have chapters, they have garrison type groups um in different states and, and localities and stuff. And and they're really I mean it's it's they're really um there's a lot of camaraderie and they do a lot of like stuff for charity and stuff like that. But they're always like really, really great people to talk to every time I talk to those guys. Well
0: and what I love is that you'll see every faction of or every uh iteration of Ghostbusters represented. You'll see people in Egon's blue and pink coveralls from the cartoon. You'll see people in the like glow in the dark coveralls they did for the action figures. Like they'll, they extreme do extreme
1: Ghostbusters.
0: Yeah, they do. Well, <laughs> I don't know that I've seen that. I'm sure it's out there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? I'm glad you brought that up, Gary, because we totally glossed over extreme Ghostbusters because I skipped it. Yeah, did any of you guys experience that one at all?
1: I uh, think I like so. watched one episode and went, "I'm out."
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I couldn't, I couldn't hang with it. Well, for the listeners, if any of you guys were into Extreme Ghostbusters, if you have any opinions about it, please uh, go to the Needless Things Podcast Facebook group or, or drop me an email or something and let me know what you think because we know nothing here. We're yeah. lost in the world of extreme.
1: I know Josh that even knows. the toys and knows me. <laughs> I or the the
2: toys even annoyed
0: me. Yeah, I didn't care for the toys. I didn't care. Yeah, it, it was just that, it was the period
2: where everything was extreme. Right, every GI Joe. Line had, G. G. Joe, was Joe extreme, had the extreme,
0: which yeah. which was the worst GI Joe of all GI Joes. Yeah,
1: and all it right, was well, the kids as well, which was the other thing
0: that. Uh, was yeah, yeah. Well, it is time to move on.
1: Well, actually, if you don't mind getting back to the 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 cosplayers. Oh, let's the, get back the, to the, the
0: cosplayers.
1: Um, it's a really inexpensive costume. Except for the pack, the pack can cost you a lot of money. But okay, the, the but basic costume is a jumpsuit.
0: Even the pack, though, I've lately been seeing things online that are like build your own pack for like forty five bucks in six hours.
3: Yeah, uh, but if I can, it's how gonna looks look like, that, like it though. <laughs> what, what was that? It's gonna look like it though. So, <laughs> uh, well, no, I've seen the
0: pictures look fine. Well, the thing here is the thing. Um, if. You know, if you look at cosplay, a lot of it's about the fun element. Uh, and when you have the big organizations like the 501st or, or some of the G.I. Joe or, or Mandalorian guilds or whatever it is, I, I feel like sometimes that stuff sucks the fun out of it. Like, you have to look this way. Yeah, you have to be
1: screen accurate.
0: Right. Oh, and, yeah. uh, you know, there, I feel like there's a line there. And, and, If you don't care about being part of one of those groups, I think you can have a lot of fun. Uh, and if you do, you can still have a lot of fun. You just better have a lot of money too. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've
1: been been wanting to put a Sith costume of my own together for a while and I talked to them and they're like, no, you either have to be one of the ones on screen. You can't be your own guy and be in the 501st. I'm like, well, then I guess
0: I won't be in the 501st. Uh, Yeah. See, that's, that's, that's not interesting to me, but you know what? You can do both. You know, uh, if, if, because I understand the community. Of those groups, I understand the the uh, the help that they give each other. Because I will say this: as strict as the standards seem to be, I've never talked to anyone that wasn't willing to give you advice and tips and help. Oh yeah, they they want you to look that good, but they're willing to help you to do it.
1: Yeah, and that's that's big. that goes a long way. Uh, but the Ghostbusters in are having their big meetup at. Dragon Con again this year, um, they, they call it the PKE Surge. And as part of the classics track programming, since they fall under us, we're actually screening one night, uh, this, uh, this year, a documentary about the fans that dress up and do everything. It's called Ghost Heads. And the director's gonna be there, we're gonna show, they're going we're gonna show the film in one of the big ballrooms, and there's gonna be a Q&A afterwards.
0: Very cool.
1: Mm-hmm. If you give me half a second, I'll actually be able to tell you're doing it.
0: Are these the same guys that did the Ghostbusters panel a couple of years ago or are these different folks? Uh,
1: they're involved.
0: okay because that that was uh, that was a fantastic panel. I think mm-hmm. it, I think it might have kicked off uh, I don't think it was last year, I think it might have been the year before mm-hmm. but I, there, yeah, there was an excellent Ghostbusters panel that you guys did. And I, I would listen to anything that those guys were were yeah. part of.
1: Well, we've done a panel about two years running it because we did one for the anniversary, and then last year was one just of the, the the Georgia Ghostbusters talking about stuff they've done and how to get into it and that sort of thing. So that might have been it. Okay, here it is. Saturday night, 7 o'clock, is the Ghostbusters uh, documentary, uh, Ghost Heads.
0: Do you know what ballroom it's in yet, or is that kind uh, of a-
1: It's penned in for Regency 5, but don't hold your breath. Right, right. You know, all planning is tentative until it's happened. Until it's done. Right. And even then, it might not have happened.
0: (laughs) Real Hitchhiker's Guide material there.
3: Somebody get in there with a marker and mark out all 50,000 of those we just printed. Thank you. (laughs) uh, Yeah,
0: seriously. Uh, So we have to move on now to 2016. And the new Ghostbusters movie that is coming out the same day that this podcast will go live. And... There has been so much controversy about this poor movie. Most hated trailer
2: in YouTube history.
0: Is it really? Oh, goodness. Yeah. Most, <laughs> most
2: downvoted trailer in, in YouTube history, yeah.
0: Um, I, I want to be realistic about it. I don't want to go crazy one way or the other. So I'll start off by saying I am not a fan of Paul Fake. I don't care for anything that he's done. But I am a fan of the ladies in the movie.
3: Uh, and, of, and of Thor. I like Thor. He's an mm-hmm. okay guy. love <laughs> so of the of the actors and the actresses that are in the movie, right? You're, you're a fan of them.
0: Yes. okay. Uh, I, I like I like the people in the movie. Uh, I saw the trailer and I really like the scope of it. I really like the new equipment. I think the new proton packs look awesome. I'm not sold on the sewage worker coveralls entirely, but you know, I'm sure there's a story behind them or whatever. I mean, we'll, we'll see how that works out. Uh, I didn't laugh once. That's
2: that, That's the big none, thing that none of of the, I had a problem with. None of the funny struck me as funny. It almost looked, the first time I saw it, it almost looked like a like an SNL parody of what a modern comedy tra- trailer would look like because the jokes were all so hackneyed they are they're all
0: look at me I'm a black lady or you know look at us girl power the the one line that really irked me was when they're in front of the car and they're introducing themselves or something hey we're the go we're the oh I'm sorry no you go you go oh da-. like I don't, I like humor. I don't like humor based on, oh, it's funny because that's how girls are. And I feel like that's what this is because I saw Bridesmaids and that's what that was. But I can't help but be excited about this movie. Uh, I want to see these ladies be funny. I want a new Ghostbusters movie. Uh, I'm very excited. Like I said, the scope looks fantastic. All of the shots with ghosts look great. Um, I did laugh at the, uh, the big concert scene, um, where she's got the big giant demon ghost thing sitting on her shoulders. I thought that was a pretty funny setup. But as far as the, the jokey stuff, you know, Ghostbusters didn't really have jokes. Yeah. Like Gary said before, it was all character based story and humor. And this is jokes. It's, and I'm not saying it's going to be bad. But it's going to be different, uh, and, and I'm, I can't wait to see it, because I, I need to know. I want to know what it's going to be, but I'm not I'm not mad about it. Uh, and now I've talked enough. <laughs> Gary, I'm curious to hear your thoughts.
1: Uh, I'm kind of in the same boat in that the trailer didn't really grab me, except for the, I, I, I am in love with, and now I can't remember her name. Kate from, Yes. Yes. When, we we all her are. Proto- Yes, and her double her, her two pistol proton pack yes setup where it she's like when she licked that proton pack it was like oh yeah, I, mean, <laughs> I want her I like her character and so but you watch the trailer it's like Paul Fig and part of me is like I really want this movie to, I'm afraid it's going to be bad but I'm hoping it's going to be good and there's a part of me that really hopes it's good just to spite so many people that are pre-hating this movie. Well, I don't want to get into it too much. I know that's not your bag, but there are too many people that I think that are going into this with an agenda
0: to, I'm going to hate this movie. The problem is you have agendas on both sides. Yeah. You have people who hate the movie because of the woman thing, but you also have people who love the movie because of the woman thing, and neither one of those groups of people are right. Right.
1: And I don't think either group is going to be happy. I just want a funny, fun Ghostbusters movie.
0: Yes. And exactly. I want it,
1: yeah, and I want it to, I want it to succeed or fail on its own merits, not because of an agenda. Yes. And, you know, I, I, I I'm trying to keep my expectation bar low so that I'll enjoy it. I know I'll, I'll have more of it in, it, if it's got a low bar to clear, I'll be happy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you get me. Um, uh, no,
0: I, I know exactly how that goes. When I when I go into a movie expecting nothing, I'm, I'm obviously going to be more satisfied <laughs> with whatever it gives me.
1: Yeah. So, you know, in, I am very pleased to see so many positive reviews now that the reviews have started to come out. It's sitting out something like 80% on Rotten Tomatoes.
2: Well, it is It is for the general reviews. The top critics have it like 48 right now. Yeah. So, that's that's really odd to me, and I'm wondering like what that means. I don't well, want to read any reviews in advance. I don't want to get any no, preconceived not going, notions. Yeah, about I
1: haven't it. read any either.
2: But well, yeah, I've I thought I thought that was an unusual split because it's it's rarely that diverse, where you know one group of critics is you know is is trending one way and the other was trending the other way in such a in such a high um, yeah. variation there. I'm not a
0: big review guy. The only critic whose opinion I hold in any esteem is me. So I I won't read any reviews until we go. We're going to see it Thursday night or last night. For those of you that are listening to the show, as it airs, uh, we've got our tickets. All three of us are going to see it. Uh, me, me and the missus and my son. We're very excited. Uh, Selena, how do you feel about this thing? Uh, have they, have they done it right? Was a reboot the right move was all women, the right move. Do you even care? Do you just want a funny movie?
3: Um, Well, I definitely uh, put a lot of my opinion on movies. Working within the film industry, I have realized that a lot of my opinions as far as film goes have gotten much more forgiving and much more lax because I know how much work An effort it takes in order to create something like that. Mm -hmm. Um, What I'm mostly really uh, interested in is how well they want to do the special effects uh, for the film. I know that they've uh, they've got a interesting mixture um, of uh, practical and uh, computer generated. So I'm I'm always interested to see how that looks, um, just because that's something that's my you know really my ticket <laughs> Sure, sure. I, I always like to see how how things are done and how uh you know they want to approach the the specter ghost uh you know kind of look and stuff because there's so many different ways that you can do it uh, and that you can pull it off and a lot of the techniques are things that we really haven't changed a whole lot you get a puppet you get this you get that you bring them all together um so that's something that i'm really more uh focused on as far as uh you know a, a reboot i don't have a problem with reboots. Um, I guess as far as a lot of the uh, the really strong opinions on uh, you know on one side or the other, whether or not this is going to be a good movie or whether that's going to be a bad movie, um, there was a, a very unnatural amount of hate uh, generated towards this movie, which is something that was very bizarre because we're living in an era of reboots. Um, there is no original thought in Hollywood at this moment. Right. So, so we're really bombarded by lots of reboots that a lot of people could really care less about or at least not have such a strong opinion like Ghostbusters. Um, so it does strike me as very odd that this had so much. Um, I, when I saw the trailer, I didn't, uh, I didn't think too much of it. Um, I didn't think it was terrible, but, uh, I thought it was very slapstick definitely um you know and on a with uh, with you guys as far as uh, the original ghostbusters is more so character development and not really you know uh, goofy hackness but you know then again i don't know uh, i'm it's not really made for me and that's kind of what i what i want to try to to say is that Uh, No, don't go down the old people road. Maybe maybe it's for a generation that's not mine anymore, (laughs) and that's perfectly fine.
1: Yeah, I will say, she does touch on something that uh, I did see something that was pretty cool with someone who's like, this does give little girls Ghostbusters to look up to, and I think that's a great thing.
3: Yeah. Definitely, because um, you think about the original one. Well, I mean, you know, what did what did I really have, Janine? <laughs> you know, well, <laughs> I mean, honestly, she was pretty though, cool, but the, she didn't get to go run out and you know fight the ghosts with everybody else. So playing well, on the playground was kind of boring with that one. <laughs> and,
0: and you're absolutely right. It is uh, to have uh, females as the actual heroes of the movie is good. But I will say, for the time, for 1984, Janine and Dana Barrett were both very strong characters. Oh, yeah. Uh, Still are. And, and yeah, it, yeah they, they didn't get to go, actually, bus ghosts. But there is a progression of of feminist ideals through the movies, I think. As a matter of fact, it's, right. uh, thinking about it now, it's almost like they got weakened with the second one. Because looking at the differences uh-huh. between Dana and Janine in the second movie and the
2: first movie, uh, the, their characters got weakened a little, really. Well, Dana kind of turns into a damsel in the second one. Yeah. And...
3: And the, the and, distraught yeah. mother trope, you know, of uh, yeah. she's hysterical because her child is gone. So yeah, yeah. It, it, it got a little bit uh, irritating as far as that's concerned because I was like, weren't you an accomplished, you know, uh, orchestral Cellist. musician here? Yeah. And, you know, you had how do you had do that own... to
1: Sigourney Weaver, of all people?
3: <laughs> I know.
0: Of course, who knows? That might have been her call.
2: And once again, I'm shaking my fist at them getting Janine together with, uh, with Louis.
1: Yeah. I'm right there with you, man. We should start a club. Yeah,
2: it's and and I, I've had this discreet with my girlfriend a thousand times because she she kind of likes it. She thinks it's cute. I I she should still be pining for Egon, yeah. and Egon should still be unrequiring it because he's completely clueless to it.
0: And those those were fantastic okay. scenes in the first one too. His discomfort I, I, with her like over mold and funk Yeah. Oh my
2: gosh.
3: I I do wonder. Um, and this is a question. I guess uh, that would probably be good for my fellow panelists here today uh to answer because we touched up on this as far as the uh, costumers go um for uh you know the uh the ghostbuster fandom and things like that is that we talked about how uh how nice um how kind how open and uh and welcoming they are uh as far as you know making these costumes and uh you know just being fans in general and uh and yet whenever the trailer came out we we saw a lot of venom a lot of vitriol on on this so i'm wondering if you perceive um this to be within the same fandom or do you think that these uh these are people that uh aren't i, I suppose quote unquote true fans because true fans would be a little bit more accepting of uh of new material
0: i'm i don't understand as much as i because you you guys to one extent or another sure i'm sure know that i have very little to do with social politics uh not much interest in them not much interest in either side of the fight but i was taken aback by the reaction to this i thought it was ridiculous and over the top uh and, and this is coming from somebody like i said I do not like Paul Figg movies. I was very disappointed that he was directing this movie, but honestly, part of what turned me around and got me excited about the movie was these crazy people who are hating on it so much. I'm like, well, I I don't want to be part of that because those people are are
2: dicks. And I honestly think that 90% of those people would still feel that adamantly about it, even if they had recast it with for guys because who do you get to replace the people that were in the first movie you know there's nobody who's on that level right now
3: right i think so that's I, why we have we have to distance ourselves from the concept that they're being replaced because there is no replacing an original right. um i i think it's really just a retelling it's kind of like you know in comic books the new 52 i mean it's just a different way to you know to tell is, a story that was so beloved to, to a lot of people.
2: Well, Which is why I thought it was so odd that they, they they felt the need to get the original Ghostbusters in for cameos if they're not part of the same universe. Well, like Even even if they're only there and, hey, they looked up to these guys who 30 years ago started this thing. And, you know, just that little bit of connection with the original movie, I think, would improve it in the minds of a lot of people. I know it would for me.
0: Well, and the yeah. the other weird thing is the marketing you know that that trailer opened with thirty years ago? Four yeah. Men Save New York. What? How confusing is that?
1: Yeah. Make up your mind if it's a reboot or a continuation, right? And, and I and think
0: I think that's another thing is that maybe in the wake of the backlash, that Sony got a little wishy washy about how they were presenting it, rather than standing up and saying no, this is something new. Uh, and I'll be honest, I think you you either incorporate the first one somehow. And there's smart ways to do that. Or you leave those actors out entirely and do something new. Right. And and Sony is trying to, to have it both ways, or, or Paul Feig, or whoever's responsible for these decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and, and I and think I, that wishy washiness enraged people further rather than satisfying them, which is what wishy washiness does.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and okay. I can tell you from personal experience, I know it was I think in twenty fourteen it was either 2014 or 2013 when we had the Ghostbusters panel for the anniversary. We had two panelists. I'm not going to name names. If you were there, you know who they were. There was one person who made an argument about, you know, cause the reboot question came up because at this point it was still in, you know, twilight zone.
0: Uh, well, that, that was, out. those were years as recently as 2014, Mm -hmm. When supposedly there was a script for three, you know, Ivan Wright, uh, not ever Harold Ramis was still alive. There was a script for three being circulated. Bill Murray was being very coy about whether he would be in it or not. I think we all knew that if he was, he would die in the first five minutes or whatever. Like we, we knew all of the stories surrounding it. So at that point, three was still kind of a possibility, Mm -hmm. Whereas now, it is not. And I think if if that's what people wanted, they need to get over that.
1: Right. But the, the question came up, and one of well, the panelists said, I think a reboot's not a bad idea, because it will bring new people into the franchise, new people will watch it, and even if it sucks, the original's still there, and people will go back and watch it and discover it and enjoy it. And one of the other panelists said, you're what's wrong with Hollywood and people today. And it literally almost broke down to where I was like, okay, I'm going to have to stop a fist fight here. In a
0: second. <laughs> yeah, that's nonsense. I'm, I'm all Whoa. about reboots, reboots, remakes, all that kind of stuff is fine. Uh If they're great, great. We have new stories about characters we love. If they suck, then we can disregard them. Who cares? Hey,
1: hey my favorite well, movie, we, of we all can time try to
0: educate. <laughs>
1: yeah. John Carpenter's the thing. My favorite movie right. is a remake.
0: Exactly. Um So yeah, it's, it's just a matter, you know, they, yes, Hollywood is, is bankrupt in ideas. Guess what, people? It has been for 40 years. <laughs> yeah. Um, that's just a fact. So, uh, to, to close this thing out, final thoughts on Ghostbusters 2016. I'm excited. I can't help but be excited. We have Ecto Cooler. We have fucking mm-hmm. Ghostbusters Twinkies. We have all kinds of new toys and merchandise and great Ghostbusters stuff coming out. So even if the movie sucks, We've gotten all kinds of new Ghostbusters gear that never would have happened without it. Lots of new toy reviews for you. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. As a matter of fact, uh, this past Wednesday on NeedlessThingsSite.com, I reviewed the new Ghostbusters select toys, so go check that out. Uh, But yeah, it's it's reinvigorating a franchise that I love, and if that's all that it does, then it was worth it. Uh, What do you guys know? What are your thoughts going in? Are you going to
2: see it? Uh, I will probably see it um I'm not super excited about it. it it won't matter to me if I catch it later on cable or you know whatever in a year from now or you know see it this weekend um but uh you know I'm I'm I I'm not uh adamantly against it I'm not crazy for it to me it's just kind of there and I'm not just just from what I've been presented from the trailers and stuff I'm not I'm not very excited about it um but uh, yeah, like I said, I'm hopeful that it'll be good. Um, I'm skeptical that it will be. Sure. But um, you know, well, I'm I'm will, I'm waiting to pass judgment after I finally see it. Gary, what about you?
1: Yeah, I'm going in. I'm trying to go into it open minded and let it win stand or fall its own merits. I'm going to see it. I'm going to see it in the theater because it's an effects movie. Yes. You know. Those, you know I want to see 40 foot high ghost spinning slime here here um so and, and like I said it's just it just annoys me that there's so many people that that you know this it happened for this it happened for Star Wars it happened that people have set their opinion before even going in and well like, once again that's the it? internet
0: yeah <laughs> the internet has ruined everything
1: <laughs> and but I am going to see it and I will see it in the theater I probably won't see it this weekend because I'm in a convention but I am going to go see it
0: Selena, I love your effects oriented take on it because that's one of the things that really got me excited in, in the trailers that I have seen. Uh what what are you what's your excitement level?
3: Um, I would say at a solid six. <laughs> so uh, you know, just a really, you know, half stack there for me. Um I really like uh And you touched on this before with how the reviews are so polar opposite almost. Like, I mean, it's almost dead center right in the middle as far as whether or not it's good. So I think that 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 really piques my interest for me to really go and see it myself to see if I actually like it or not. Um, I'd like to give it a fair chance and uh, really – as long as it entertains me for you know an hour and a half, and I kind of get to forget about all my problems, which is the point of what every film should do for you, um, I think that it'll have done its job. So I'm excited to see it and uh, and be able to uh um to enjoy myself, I think.:
0: Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Ghostbusters on the Needless Things podcast. It is now time to run around the circle and find out what you guys are up to and where we can find you online. Gary, where are you online? What are you doing?
1: Uh, you can find me at RevolutionSF.com, which is where I do the Rev News and Revcast podcast for RevolutionSF.com. Let me say it one more time there. Uh, you can find me on the Twitter as Gary underscore Mitchell, Mitchell with one L. Yes, Star Trek fans, it's my real name. <laughs> and you can find me uh, this weekend in High Point, North Carolina, at Congregate, where I'll be a podcast guest. And you will find me as co-director of the American Sci-Fi Classics track at DragonCon, where I will be doing things with the big purple one here,
0: Best uh, track ever. Yes. big purple one. I like
3: that nickname. Yes, purple-headed hey, warrior. Most of the time oh. I say he's
1: got a big purple head.
3: Oh.
0: <laughs>
1: and, and
3: uh, how just, exactly do you see him again? At the con. Oh. At
0: the game show. Got to come out to the game show to see the big purple head.
3: Goodness. Right. And
1: I'm bringing KY this year now.
0: Mm. Mm. Selena, what, what are you up to, you and your lovely counterpart, Guella DuVille, who I never think of as anything less than double-stacked.
3: Oh, well, you know, like an Oreo, dear. Um, (laughs) She's she's a little bit, uh, she's sleeping a little bit right now, but I'm sure that in a couple of months, come October, you're going to be seeing quite a few bit of uh, spectral green, and uh, hopefully that will be in a way that you all get to enjoy her very up close and personal, but hopefully not too close and personal. You know, she does get a little peckish from time to time. Mm. <laughs> you can more at uh, Um I should have lots of uh, new photo sets coming up here very soon that I'm very excited about, so everyone can get to see that green booty.
0: And people can even follow Guella on Facebook, too, right?
3: Yes, that's usually the best and quickest way that you'll be able to uh, um, to see any up-and-coming things. That usually gets updated first, as far as any kind of news or uh, sightings. Um, there's also, uh, in the works, a second issue of the comic book, so I'm very happy about that.
0: Awesome. And finally, Noel,
2: where can we find you online? I am on the their interwebs at uh, dorkdroppings.com, as uh, you mentioned earlier, um, which is not being updated very often, but occasionally I throw something up uh, when something strikes my fancy. But there's tons Uh, of
0: great archived
2: content. There is. There is, uh, how many years? 18 years of uh, archived content on there. Wow. There's uh yeah, so you can find me there. Um you'll find me also on the American Sci-Fi classics uh, track at Dragon Con. I will be uh doing a few panels uh come this uh Labor Day weekend. Uh I'll also be doing some stuff with uh my costuming group, thefinestcc.com, if you're interested, if you are ever want to to dress up like a character from G.I. Joe or Cobra. Um, we're always looking to recruit new folks, uh, especially here in the state of Georgia because we have a, a great growing garrison that's up to like 13 people now so. I'm still working on my Cobra janitor costume. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I
1: all certainly right. just got to urge you to do the Viper.
2: Oh, that would be awesome. <laughs> to Vash and Viper windows. Yes. Spoilers.
0: <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you so much for coming on and talking about Ghostbusters, and I will talk to you all sooner than later.
3: Thank you for Yay. having me.
0: Yes, thank you. Another fun, fantastic, dare I say, fantastic episode of the Needless Things podcast. And I gotta tell you, between this week's episode and next week's episode, I just feel really fortunate to know the people that I know because we had so much fun doing these two episodes. I did them back to back because I knew I had to go ahead and get next week's taken care of. And it was two nights of just pure Dorky fun with some great people. Uh, I couldn't ask for, for better guests. And a special shout out to Noel from Dork Droppings, that's dorkdroppings.com, for coming in at the last minute and covering. Because Noel is a guy that, that should have been on the show in the first place. But his work schedule is just as zany as my work schedule, so it takes a lot for us to get together and record, and somebody dropped out at at 30 minutes before record time, we had somebody drop out, and I just said, "Uh, shit, and I sent out some messages, and we were really, really lucky that... uh, Noel was able to come on board because I I think you guys, having listened to that, can agree that he's just fantastic. He's very good at this job. Uh, Please, please, please visit Dork Droppings. Uh, Also check out Duella DeVille and RevCast. And please spread the word about this, if not the Needless Things podcast, at least this episode of the Needless Things podcast. This has the potential to be a big weekend for us. And uh, just... Get the word out. Uh, check out supportphantom.com and see if you're interested in throwing a little money my way and getting some cool rewards. And also check out needlessthingsite.com. Uh, I, I love this. I love doing it. and I love you guys.
3: Thank you for listening to the Needless Things podcast. You're the best. You can find the show on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, or in the ears of a Trader Vicks employee. And of course, it's at needlessthingsite.com. Love you mean it aha uh-huh.